0: This morning is a celebration service of what God has done in our lives. You know, some people are going to be baptized. We're going to hear some testimonies of some some mission trips and different things like that are going on today. And all kind of other things that are happening and what God's doing in people's lives. Where would you be this morning if God hasn't come in your life? If God didn't come and rescue you, if God didn't come and redeem you by the blood of the Lamb, where would you be this morning if you was not considered a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Oh, thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. Where would you be without his mercy? Amen.
1: What the mercy of God can do. Oh, your mercy, Lord. I'm so thankful for your mercy. Yeah. Can we see that again? I'm living. That's you in this room today. Lift some praise of what the mercy of God can do. And if you knew me then, you believe me now. He turned my whole life upside down. He took the old and he made it new. Mm -hmm. That's just what the mercy of God can do. I'm alive to tell the story how I've overcome. This is goodness and mercy and the power of his blood. And I'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of the blood so much power in the blood oh so oh, 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 oh. i deserved. The choice is made What I've done, but the goodness and mercy and the power of the blood was the cross meant for me that my Savior carried. Now I've been made free by the mercy. God was the grave meant for me
2: with God is not based upon my works and what I've done. Because how many of you know that I would goof it up? How many of you know that I would mess it up? I'm so glad that it's based on the blood of Jesus and he paid the price for my sin and what I deserved. Aren't you excited about that this morning? Hey, that's what we're here to celebrate in a moment. We're going to have baptisms just in a short moment. We're going to have testimonies, but right now I've got a friend Kirk's coming to the platform. Kurtz coming and this is the time in service where we pray. Hey here at Life Church prayer is one of our deepest core convictions. Prayer determines the things that we do. It drives our Sunday morning services and prayer brings change. Do you believe that? Hey this is the part in service where you participate. You don't stand and watch but Kirk's gonna lead out and we're gonna pray and God's gonna do miracles. Are you ready?
3: All right, the three topics I want to pray for is the uh, secret place that us as Christians are drawn to it. Uh, the next generation, that they're drawn to the things of God, and the third topic would be America. Father, we just thank you. We love you. We honor you. Father, we come together in agreement and unify with you, Lord God, that we need you. We need your presence, Father. My, our prayer is that you would, we, draw, we are being drawn by your spirit to the secret place, Father from this place where we can learn and know you father god we need to know and hear and discern your voice that there would be no other greater thing that we would love your word love your presence love to be alone with you more than anything else there is nothing else that is more important when we have to know that and live that out in front of our families and our children so father i pray that you would draw us that you would crush and break anything that tries to get in between that That you would remove and take it and cut it out of our life, Father God. Shake what needs to be shaken and break what needs to be break, Father God. But only that your spirit would have your way in each and every one of us. Draw us, Lord God, to your word. May we hunger and thirst for you more and more each and every day. Put an unquenchable thirst in our hearts. An unquenchable thirst that can never be filled until we stand with you in glory. And Father, may that spill over into the next generation, into our children and our children's children. Father, our children need to be drawn to you and to the things of God. May they learn to hate what you hate and love what you love, Lord. May they not have one foot in the kingdom and one foot in the world. May they be drawn completely and totally to you, Lord. I pray that you would do only what you can do, that you would come down and touch them and transform their hearts. There is so much competition. Satan uses so many tools to get and to grab and enslave them father father i pray by the power of your spirit you would reveal yourself to them that each and every one of them would have a mighty encounter with you lord god to break the powers of darkness father and they will be turned and transformed into your light and then they will go forth and walk in your power and your light and help their friends lord help them to see and understand to not be deceived Only you can do this, Father, and help us as parents to walk that out in front of them. And, Father, I pray for America, America, America. Father, forgive us for our many sins. Forgive us for the shedding of innocent blood. Forgive us of same-sex marriage. Much, much sins, Father, forgive us. Bend America's heart back to you, Father. Father, I pray that way versus raid would be overturned. Roe versus Wade would be overturned. That I pray this nation would begin to become a Christian nation once again. One nation under God and unity under you, under the blood of Jesus Christ. For there is power in the blood of Jesus. And we need it, Lord. I plead the blood over this whole nation, over the families, Lord God. Over this next generation, our children, we need you, Father God. And if you don't come and revive us, come and save us, we're done. We wait. We call out to you. We cry out to you, Father. We, we acknowledge we need you daily. And I pray that you have your way in your service, God. We want your manifest presence to come down and touch us, Father. We want to be changed. We want to be transformed. We want to be more like you. I pray this in the name of Jesus. And if you believe that, why don't you say amen? Amen.
2: Hey, listen, at this time. We're going to have some testimonies from some students who went to Atlanta. So why don't you greet somebody as you find your seat, and you're seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. All right, Elena's coming to the platform right now. Now, these students, it was a group of students that Pastor Tracy took to Atlanta and they served on a missions trip and God did some amazing things. So, Elena, you want to tell what God has done?
4: All right, so like you said, we went to Atlanta, Georgia, um, and we partnered with an organization called Frontline Response. Frontline, Frontline Response's mission is to seek and to save the lost there in downtown Atlanta, to go out and to reach people's physical needs and their spiritual needs. So one particular outreach that I really enjoyed when we went was working with the children. We went to this downtown neighborhood with apartments, and in this big field, all we did was set up these speakers, started playing music, and kids started coming out of everywhere. Like right and left, they're running, they're like, oh, they're here, they're here, they're here. And I'm like, they know who I am? I don't know who these kids are. but these kids knew frontline response because they had been going there every week to minister to these children. So the children come out of the apartment. Some of them don't even have their parents. They're just running. Some of them just got off the bus. And we just set up crafts. We just played games, board games. We did sports with them. We brought balls. But what I loved most about this outreach is that we not only just had fun and connected with the children, but we got to share Jesus with the kids. We did this simple little skit about a story from the Bible and the kids loved it. You know, afterward they were all screaming, God is awesome, I love Jesus, he's amazing, things like that. And I almost cried in that moment as I stood there and I looked at childlike faith. These kids who live in in the area that they live in don't have much, most of them are in bad situations and they They had childlike faith, they had, they came and they received from God. And when we got to minister to them, I love seeing their faces light up when we tell them that Jesus loves them. Because they're standing there and most of them don't know what real love is. And you tell them that there's a God in heaven, that there's a Father who's perfect, that loves them, and they go, really? That broke my heart, that, These kids don't know what real love is. And it made me realize how simple and how easy it is to go into these places and to minister to these children who don't have much. Not just in Atlanta, but it's so simple anywhere we go. To the people on the streets, to, to the people we meet in the grocery store. For kids, if you're at school, you know, anywhere you go at your job, it's so easy. One thing we also did in this same neighborhood is we went door to door on another day knocking. And not only we got to minister to the children, but we got to minister to the adults of the same families. I loved that, that we connected with the children and the parents. You know, we'd greet them, we'd make connections with them, we'd ask them if they needed prayer for anything. And y'all, it's amazing how many people are open to prayer. I would never have guessed it. So many people are like, oh, yes, you want to pray for me? Can we pray? So many people are hungry. So many people are looking for the truth. But there's not enough of us going and giving the truth. So that's all I really wanted to share is that it's so simple. It made me realize that it's so simple to minister even where we're at in our own situations so that all the lost can be saved.
2: Awesome. Hannah, if Hannah would come to the stage right now. And next, Logan, if you want to come and get ready.
5: Hello. Um, so the last night we were there, we, um, it was called Princess Night, and it's where we went and ministered to people who were being trafficked, and this gets me really emotional. I didn't know what it was gonna be like. Like, if it was gonna be like in the movies. Like, I just didn't know what to expect. And we got there. And it was like the movies because it didn't feel real. It didn't feel like people were actually going through this stuff. to go and minister to them, and plant a seed, and give them hope in a, f- a brighter future. And, um, there was this one girl that really impacted me. Um, she was really tiny, and she looked no older than 16 and we prayed for her, and she was so open to prayer, she was so sweet, so nice, but there was a guy waiting outside for her, and I knew what situation she was in. And I realized that she couldn't, thank you. I realized that she couldn't get out of that if she wanted to, like, she couldn't just walk away. But we got to give her a way out, help her to give her a way out. And this, This trip has made me more compassionate towards people on the streets because you look at them and you don't know what they're going through. You don't know why they're in this situation. So the least that we could do is just look at them with love. Don't look down upon them. You don't know what they're going through that got them in that situation. So it's made me more compassionate and understanding toward these people. And this trip has made me grow in so many ways and it's probably one of the best trips I've been
6: on. So we went on this um, one outreach, it was mobile food pantry. We went to this uh, refugee community, Muslims, uh, people from like the Middle East. Like it was, they were so happy. Like we didn't hand out food. We just like played with the kids, loved on them. They were like, we took the boxes from the food and they just, there was this hill. They were so excited to slide the boxes down the hill. Like it, it was crazy. They were happy that they had chalk. I had this one kid. He pulled me to the side, I'm like, what are you doing? He told me to stand on this line. He drew something, I don't even know what it was. He, he just, I'm like, he, he was so happy that we were there. I didn't know a single one of them, but they they knew Frontline and they knew that they came to help and it, it was just really heartbreaking because these kids have nothing, but they're so happy to get something, even if we think it's nothing. Like changed my life in so many ways. And I thank God that I went on that trip.
2: Austin, Austin's coming and Brianne can get ready.
7: So when we went to Atlanta one of the things that they taught us was how easy it really is to share Jesus with somebody and at first when I heard what they wanted us to do I didn't want to be there I thought I was going to faint or something I didn't want to at all be there I, I was so nervous but then they showed how easy all we literally did would walk up to a random person on the street and say hey what's your name and they would tell us and we found out that Some people don't get looked in the eyes in over three months and they don't hear their name in over six months. And so it really meant something for somebody to actually ask for their name. And so they taught us how easy it is and I learned from it. And even when we got home, my mom did something like that again. And it was really cool to know that we can really change people's life really, really easily.
2: John Parker? Is he down here this morning? I think both of those are upstairs, probably. Come on, John. And Briani, I don't know if she heard her name a while ago.
8: Hi, um, this is quite shocking. Um, so I just wanna go over uh, our first night and one of the things i noticed is there's this one woman and we were at like a little safe house so there's this one woman that we met and something i found ironic is she hasn't had food in like weeks but her excitement was like off the roof i had to like back up a little bit because it was just it was just a little too much uh yeah but her excitement and her fire for god was quite amazing even though she hasn't like even though she hasn't had food in weeks she hasn't seen many people in weeks her excitement for God she said you need something oh God please let me find my credit card please let me find my purse and I that was that was something personally I could relate to because I'm not sure if you know this but I have two little sisters and you can have nothing in that house um nothing nice but yeah and then another thing the first night we also met a football player and uh, you think a football player you think a big penthouse ladies all all those things but he had he had none of that no he he gave up his life for drugs And that really surprised me. He was living on a bench, not a bench. Oh gosh, my grandma, Uh, a bridge, a bridge. And it really surprised me because I, I don't see, like I get addiction is bad, but when you push yourself that much over addiction, you lose all your money, it's, it's horrible for you, man. Addiction addiction can do nasty things. Whenever we were doing the trip, we saw a lot of that. I, I looked into the people's eyes and they, they were blood red. It's, just see what happens. So thank you God for protecting us during that trip and guiding us. So yeah, that's all I really wanted to say.
2: Praise the Lord. <clears throat>
5: For this trip, uh, I stepped out of my comfort zone and did things that I had thought I would never do.
2: <laughs> it's really emotional because
5: for someone who with you. Ooh. I'm
2: just grateful. <laughs> hey, why don't we give the whole team a round of applause? But what God is doing we are a church that exists for those who aren't here yet and god is building a church to reach the next generation and we're raising up young people empowering them for ministry and god's doing a wonderful work amen Amen. hey well good morning life church it's so great to see you here this morning my name is josh i'm one of the associate pastors here on staff and i want to welcome you to service i want to make sure you feel comfortable and welcome Um, If this is your first time with us, we we welcome you here. We want you to visit the Welcome Center after service. We want to connect with you. We've got a connect card we'd like to fill you out, have you fill out, and we've got a free gift that we want to give you. So we want to connect with you, help you step into the destiny that God's created for you. At this time, I want to remind you guys about our baptism and burgers. So immediately after service, we will have some barbecue burgers, man, and Farley's out there throwing down. It smells so good. It's going to be a great time. We're celebrating this morning. We're celebrating salvations. We're celebrating ministry. We're celebrating people's lives. And so that's going to be an awesome time immediately following service. You can go outside. We've got canopies set up, tables, and it's going to be an awesome time of fellowship. At this time, my wife is coming to the platform She has an announcement she wants to share and remind you guys about.
5: Okay, so November 20th, we're going to do another event here at the church. Um, It'll be from 1 to 3, so that's on a Saturday, November 20th. Um, This time it's going to be like a a craft thing, so all you ladies who like to craft. We're going to do a Dollar Tree Christmas craft uh, event. And so there will be a small fee of $10 that will go towards like supplies for the crafts and snacks will be provided and childcare. That's it.
2: All right. For all the women and exciting. Craft. I'm not so much into crafts. I wouldn't like it anyway, even though I'm a man. How many, of you know, we're blessed to be a blessing. Second Corinthians nine 11 says you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And we, And when we take your gifts to those in need, they will thank God. So two things will result in this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. We have four opportunities to give here at Life Church. We've got boxes on the back wall. We've got a text to give feature. We've got a giving feature on our website, and we've also got an app. So we want you to have every opportunity to partner with God in what he's doing in the rest of the world. How many of you are ready for the message this morning? Pastor Bob, they're ready.
9: Amen. How about those testimonies? Man, I love that kind of stuff. I could hear that all day long. That's wonderful. Let me just say, anybody offended by my A on my shirt? Just pretend it's Atlanta Braves. All right. <laughs> in your mind not mine <laughs> uh, praise the lord well i'm i'm excited to share with you i promise it's not going to be real real long um because there is food outside and 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 come some go i don't like hamburgers well there's hot dogs you know and they're and and they ain't them little skinny red ones that are bone length you know so and uh but we may have to pray, usually we have extra food every year, and we went off the same numbers, and we did a head count, and I think there's more people than food, so uh, um, we, we got it made though, because Josh is going to pray that it multiplies, and if it doesn't, it's his fault <laughs> and um, but, but i'm re- I'm really excited about what I want to share with you this morning um i'm just gonna be up front and tell you that normally i I start working on messages uh, what i feel like the lord's impressing on me by the at least by the middle of the week and when i when i leave on a uh, weekend like i did this past weekend i went to poncho louisiana to compete in a barbecue competition that's my hobby that's what i like to do and um uh, God gave favor, and, and I want enough money to cover my expenses. And <laughs> how many of you know meat is going up in price <laughs> and gasoline? And so, anyway, uh, um, before I ever go, though, I make sure that I know what God is saying for this church because this is this is first for me. But I'm telling you, this week it was like nothing. It was just like heaven was silent. And I was like, come on, God. And I said, I can, I can just take something and make something, but I don't want to take and make something. I want to hear from you. So, <coughs> all the way to Pontchartula, I prayed and was just meditating, seeking the Lord, listening to scriptures, nothing. The whole time I was there, everything that could go wrong, I thought in my spare time I'll sit down. And, and there was no spare time. I didn't sit down until 3.30 in the afternoon Up after being up all night. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. So all the way home, I said, "Okay, God, this is where you're going to give it to me." Drove all the way home and nothing. And I, I got everything done and finally put my head down about midnight. And 5:30 this morning, Holy Spirit spoke. And so uh, this is this is what I'm bringing to you. And and uh, it's very simple. It's not rocket science, but it is. Tying in with what we're doing today and where we're going as a church, a local church, okay? And I'm simply titling it The Mission. That's it, The Mission. And now, i would show you how Holy Spirit-inspired this is. This is the illustration that came to my mind this morning, all right? Y'all know I'm Italian, right? That's why I can't use one of these and preach, because I have to use my hands. And and they can't hear you when you're doing like that, you know. So, anyway, imagine sinking your teeth into the best slice of pizza you've ever tasted. How many people have I got your attention? All right. That bright tomato sauce bursts through the gooey mozzarella cheese that lands on your tongue that is tempted by the lightly crusted garlic butter crust. I mean, yeah, some of you are going, oh stop, all right. And, and here's the thing, when you bite into it, you go, Oh, this is what pizza was made to taste like. And 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 instantaneously you miraculously you you realize that this pizza nourishes you in ways you didn't even know were possible. And I'm even convinced that the gluten-free, dairy-free crowd would feel the same way about that slice of pizza. And what is so amazing about this pizza is not only the flavor and the the taste and, and, and the experience of it. How many of you know that you can experience something with food that just blows you away, right? But the chef who makes this pizza offers to make you as much pizza as you could ever eat in a lifetime free of charge. Not only you, but every friend that you go tell, he'll make them Fresh pizza like you've just eaten for a lifetime, free of charge. How many of you would take him up on that offer? Come on now. Now, see, normally when we, somebody says, hey, You like that I'll make you as much as you want as many as you want come every day come twice a day doesn't matter Monday through Sunday it doesn't matter you just come you just give your name to and you can have all the pizza you want bring your friends you're gonna have you know what most of us would be tempted not to tell anybody because we want this to be our secret our deal and not only that, we would worry if I tell too many people, and too many people get in on it, the chef is probably going to go, "Oh no, what have I done? Uh, I got to stop this." You know, how many of you have ever gotten one of those things where for a lifetime you can have it, right? And then the business goes out of business, and the lifetime ended, right? You know, I'm always weary of lifetime guarantees. I don't know how long have you been around? Well, we started last year. And if I tell too many people, he may realize he's made a mistake or she's made a mistake and all of a sudden withdraw the offer and all of a sudden my friends who I've told that you can go in and just tell them this and and you can have all the best pizza in the world, man, and you rave about it, all of a sudden the offer has been withdrawn. So we wouldn't tell anybody, we'd keep it to ourselves. I want to tell you something. The mission of the church is to share the gift of Jesus that he is offering to the whole world. And that gift is free. Now, I want you to think of it like that. I want you to understand what I'm saying here. Jesus asks those of us who have accepted the gift, accepted his offer, to help share it with anyone and everyone because the gift is for them also. And who is the church? Who is the church? Because people say, well, the ch- that's the mission of the church. And people say, well, who is the church? The per- here it is. The mission of the church, the who is the church, is every person who professes a changed life by the- an encounter with Jesus Christ. You are the church. This building is not a church. When people ask me, where do I deliver the package? I said, there's a church facility at 6408 Johnson Street. I never tell them there's a church there because this building is not a church. The people sitting in the building, that's the church. They are the church. And most people, when you hear that, they think, Well, the job of the church, that's for the minister or the pastor or the preacher or the evangelist or whatever. No, it is for every single person. Say every single person. Every single person who professes to have had an encounter with Jesus Christ as Savior, you all of a sudden receive a mission. And there's no reason not to tell other people about it because Jesus is not going to withdraw the offer. Because the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus isn't going to say, Oh, too many people are taking me up on the offer. I'm going to have to cancel that. This is a lifetime guarantee. It's a lifetime offer to whomsoever will. But, but how many of you, when you hear a good deal, you think there's got to be a trick to it? You know that old saying, if it's too good to be true, then it's probably not true. But can I tell you something about this? This one's true. Because see, I, I see all these buy one, get one free coupons. It used to be if it meant buy one, get one free. But now you got to read the little tiny print down on the bottom. And it says, only may be redeemed by, and it has all these little stipulations uh, one person, one visit, one time, one week, or must have five people, or all must order drinks and a side. Or, no, buy one, get one is buy one, get one. Don't put all these other things on me like that. Come on. And so here's the thing you understand: or you get a coupon 50 percent off. But look, there's going to be an expiration date. I, I don't know why I can tell you this company is a major company, but every time I get an email from this restaurant saying, "Today only, special price on a certain item, and I'll get it at 8:48 at night." and they close at nine. I went to the store place recently, and they said, how are you doing? I said, I want to talk to the manager. I said, because this is ridiculous. I said, send me this thing the day before. Don't send it to me 12 minutes before you close. That or stay open to midnight or something, you know. I mean, you know, what good is it at 848 at night? Well, here's the thing. This offer from Jesus has no stipulations no small print that's going to trick you no expiration date no you have to do this get better uh, do better uh, show more effort do that who whosoever will believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life and 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 that is our mission that is our message and we can declare it boldly and, and, and affirming that it's not going to be withdrawn. But there is a caveat. You said, Pastor, you just said there was no small print. This is not small print. This is a part of the whole message, the whole, the whole coupon, the whole thing. Because it can only be received or redeemed during the lifetime of the person. Because see, once a person dies there is no salvation message there is no offer from Jesus it's too late so it has a lifetime guarantee that you can accept the message but it has to be done during your lifetime there's an old saying that says the lifetime of an opportunity is only good during the opportunity of a lifetime that is why the church is on a mission our opportunity to tell this wonderful message exists only during our lifetime and the lifetime of the people around us listen to me you might be thinking it's about me no yeah when you're gone you you don't you can't tell the story anymore but the people around you when they're gone you can't tell them the story either So it's a lifetime deal. While you're alive, you have the opportunity to tell the greatest gift, the greatest offering, the greatest thing that anyone could ever receive during their lifetime. And that is our opportunity. And while the Bible may not mention the word mission, the concept is rooted in biblical truth. Here's what mission simply means. Mission signifies purposeful movement. I don't know about you but I hate busy work how many of you know what I'm talking about you know well we got time let's go ahead and do this no if we got time let me go right I mean let me out of here I got this you know I don't want to do busy work well we have to be here till 3 o'clock you know so let's figure out what to do have we covered the bases yes have we done everything required yes then let the clock go ahead let's get out of here I, I'm at a point in my life that I don't want to be doing something just to spin my wheels my wheels don't spin so good anymore anyway <laughs> so if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do something I want it to be purposeful I want it to be lasting I want it to have an eternal response whether I'm here or not it's 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 about people and it's about eternity and it's about legacy and it's about the greatest message there ever could be and it's a purposeful movement being sent from one place to another for a purpose now when we think about missions we always think overseas the greatest mission field is in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your school, in your family. I'm telling you. We, we need to get our eyes up from here and bring them right back down here because this is your mission field. This is where it's at. I'm not saying foreign missions is wrong. We have people who are called to do that. We we give portions of our money as you give. We... we give to missions, but more and more our mission focus is not as much overseas, it's more and more local and, and right here in the United States. The United States has become like the fifth largest mission field in the world. Those who have believed and received the message in the early church, it was the disciples and they preached And when they preached, those who received it, they took it and went to nearby towns, and they preached. And those who received it went to nearby towns, and they preached. And what do I mean by preach? Declare. They shared. They told the story. They handed the baton off. They carried the torch to somebody else. Here, you've heard the story. Now go tell somebody. You've heard the story. Go tell somebody. You've heard the story. Go tell somebody. But the church in America today has become anything but that model. It's become the model we meet on Sundays and meet for an hour or so and we get out and we go about and do our stuff. We fulfilled our mission. Your mission is the mission of God. And the mission of God is going to all the world. Let me let me show you why mission matters, okay? And 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 There's a picture of this in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. you think of Revelation, that's end time. That's that's all that weird stuff I don't understand. Well, get ready, because after the first of the year, I'm going to start teaching on Sunday nights for 13 weeks on an end time prophecy. And uh, God just spoke to my heart about six weeks ago. After the first of the year, we're going to do that. So that's what we're going to do. But look at this, Revelation 7, 9 through 10. And it says, And this, after this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, and peoples, and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. The vision that John had is the ultimate fruit of sharing the gospel around the world. It's seeing the multitudes of people whose lives are being changed and they're standing before the throne of God. See, salvation doesn't belong to one culture, one language or one race. Instead, it's the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ, the good news that's at the heart of the gospel that brings together this beautiful mosaic of cultures and worship and celebration. I'm telling you, I, I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip overseas or something like that, and, 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 you're, and you're in a group or a church of people who are worshiping and celebrating, but they're doing it in a language you don't understand. That makes no difference. You don't sit there and go, I don't get it. I'm telling you, in a worshipful atmosphere, I know who they're worshiping. And I can lift my hands and I can sing my song and I can change the words to fit the tune, whatever they're singing, and I can just worship along. I can even just sing in the Holy Ghost. And it works because, see, heaven is going to be this mosaic Picture this beautiful collage of colors and people and ethnicities all singing with one voice glory to him who is on the throne majesty and power be unto him forevermore but that doesn't happen unless the church fulfills its mission Jesus lays out the role of the church in Fulfilling this vision when he commissions the disciples in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Understand something. Jesus at that point wasn't saying, now I have authority in heaven. He already had authority in heaven. What had been lost was authority on earth when Adam sinned. And now the second Adam, Christ had come and he had been risen from the dead. And now all, all of a sudden, he says, authority in heaven and earth is mine. And what does he say? He goes on there. He says, therefore, go. Anytime you see therefore, you got to ask what is therefore. So he says, authority in heaven is mine. Authority on earth is mine. Now go. He didn't say, I think I'll stick around and do what I've been doing. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here's the crux. As followers of Christ, our mission is to be disciples who make disciples. Hear me now you got to be one to make one you can't take people where you never been come on that is the mission of the church and to a certain degree I'm gonna say it for a lot of churches it's a failed mission because the mission of most churches in America at least today is the mission of the church is to make the people feel good about themselves and and, and help them feel comfortable and that they'll be coming back and that they would give of their finances so that you can pursue whatever program or agenda that group has. Can I tell you, I'm not against programs, I'm not against leadership, I'm not against vision, but the mission... The overall arching mission is to go into all the world and make disciples. And to make a disciple, you gotta be a disciple. You don't get tomatoes from watermelon seeds. I don't know why people think you can't. It doesn't work that way. The church is a way for the followers of Jesus to act together as one body with Jesus as the head. To fulfill the mission. Say the mission. The mission. And at it at best, unity in Christ we experience in the church here on earth gives us a taste of what's going to come that we see in Revelation chapter seven. I know some people who get so bent out of shape. I don't like the music. I don't like how they sing it, I don't like the sound, I don't like this person, I don't like the way this goes on, I don't like how long the service is, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this, I don't like this. And I say, look, if you're just going to sit there and murmur about the church you're going to, go somewhere else. Because, and please don't get me wrong, I, I had a pastor get mad at me one time when I was on In in revival ministry for two years, I said something in a church. I said, if all you're going to do is murmur against the pastor and leadership and vision and everything else in the church, go somewhere else where you can be happy. And the pastor got mad at me. He said, don't tell my people to leave. I said, pastor, 100% minus nothing is nothing. I said, you haven't lost anything except murmuring. See, we, we got to be united to the cause, united to the call, united to the mission. If you don't believe that, ask the spies that went over into the promised land. And they came back and said, it's true. What God said is true. The land is flowing with milk and honey. It has cities and vineyards that we did not build. It's everything God said. But the majority said, but... There are giants in the land, but two stood up and said, but our God is greater than the rest. Those giants, it's nothing go too hard for God. Let's go take the land. Yeah. But instead, the people got a committee together. I think that's why the, Bible, the commandments say thou shalt not commit. Because it's one step away from committee. And instead of saying, This is what God has said, they got together and voted and said this. And then God said, For that, you're 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness till you all die off. This generation dies off, and a new generation will take the land. They all saw the promise, but they weren't willing to say, We can take it. Come on, let's go. God plus one is a majority. And when God says go, and two-thirds of God's name is go, come on, I'm telling you. Why are we doing what we're doing? Instead of standing on the promises, brother Josh, we're sitting on the premises. But God is saying now is the time. How many even know? There came a generation. There came a time, when when God said, "This is the hour. This is the moment." Is there anyone willing to hear the trumpet call? Who is ready to rise up and say, "This is my moment. This is what I'm made for." I just heard that from six young people. I found out what I'm made for. I found out why I'm here on earth. Thank God. But I'm telling you, I ain't waiting 40 years for some of you to die off waiting for them to grow up. This old man. <laughs> they they were, "Ooh!" if I said what I was thinking, bro. <laughs> 40 years they wandered around. Two of them, two of them Joshua, and they kept looking at that mountain over there going, that wasn't mine. That one's mine. I ain't taking my eyes off it. That one's mine. That one's mine. That one's mine. Because now is the time, my friends. Jesus told his disciples that they were to be my witnesses. He says, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God called the early church to be missional outside of its own communities. It's easy to talk about Jesus with people of like faith. But if all we're doing is singing to the choir, then we're missing the, miss, we're missing the mission. He, he said, you've got to go outside. You can't share the same story over and over and over and over to the same people over and over and over. We, you got to go outside your surrounding area, outside that area. And that's our call today, just as it was in the early church. Here at Life Church, we have a mission statement, if I can put it that way, made up of three words. God dropped this in my heart several years ago. And the three words are connect, grow, and go. Connect, grow, and go. God said connect with Him and connect with people. You notice you can't make a cross one way. That cross goes up and that cross goes out. The Bible says that if you love God but hate your brother, you're a liar. In other words, you can't love God and not tell other people about Jesus. I'm just telling you. There's something wrong in that love relationship if you're not willing to tell about the most person, the person who loves you the most in your life. You connect with God, connect with others. Then you're to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ and in your relationship with others. And then you're to go into the world and into your world. That's, it. sums it up in three parts. And we're seeing that mission take place here. And if you don't realize it, there's a cycle there. It starts with those who believe. And, 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 and then it works around to where they make disciples. And then they believe. And then it works around till they make disciples. And then they believe. See, today we're seeing this mission taking place. Let me show you real quick. And I'm going to quit. The church, you and I, are connecting with God in worship. We're connecting with God in the Word. And we're connecting with God together as as community. And as I mentioned, there's food afterwards, so stay and connect. (laughs) And then we're growing in our relationship with God. We're growing in numbers as the message of Jesus is being freely shared with other people. The water baptism that's about to take place in just a few moments is significant in that it it recognizes those who have received and believed. That means somebody received, believed, and went and made a disciple. Shared that message with someone, and now they too are following Christ in water baptism, and they're wanting to outwardly share their commitment to Jesus Christ and to the mission. It's not about just getting wet. The Bible says that when we go under the water, we represent the old person who has died unto themselves. And when we come out of the water, we're resurrected unto new life. We're we're professing. We are new. We are born again by the Spirit of God. And we're going. We're carrying the mission to all the world and our local world. You listen to these six young people who had the courage to come up and share what Jesus did Not only in them, but through them. In Atlanta. They they not only shared by their word, they shared by their service. Because when I tell you when you meet Jesus, you're going to do more than just talk about him. You're going to show that love. That's what the world's ready for. That's what the world's looking for right now. They shared the love of Jesus in their service. So let me close here. See, I told you it wouldn't be long. There's a cycle to this mission, and it's beginning. And you know what happens when something begins to roll around like that? Just picture a wheel, and all of a sudden it starts speeding up. And speeding up until it, it, it gains a certain speed. And when it gets to a certain point of mass, that wheel cannot just stop instantly. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Anybody drive a truck? Big truck? Yeah. I had somebody yesterday on several people on the way back. I was pulling a 16-foot cook trailer. And several people, I'm going down the interstate, stay in the middle so they can go left or right. I don't care. I'm staying in the middle of the three lanes. And I can't tell you how many times I had a car pull right in front of me when all the lights in front of us were stopped and pull right over in front of me. And I'm slamming on my brakes, thanking God my trailer brakes are working. And I feel... Because at a certain speed, I can only stop within a certain distance because of the momentum that has been carried. I can stop a lot faster at 15 miles an hour than I can at 70. Come on now. I don't care if you're just driving a regular car. You can't stop once you reach a certain critical mass. There's a point you need so much time. And my point is the enemy, the devil, wants to stop the church from ever starting moving. But the mission's already been started. The wheel's been rolling. and can I tell you something? It's speeding up. Why is it speeding up? I can tell you why. Because Jesus Christ is coming back. (laughs) Now I will tell you, yesterday one thing hit me on the way home. I said, Lord, things are so dark. It seems like darkness is everywhere. What's going on? He said, get ready get ready get ready because the revival is coming he said in all of church history he said revival has always come an awakening has always come in the bleakest and darkest of moments and i said here i've been praying god push back the darkness push back the darkness i said now i'm almost kind of torn like god should it get darker so people will get more desperate And can I tell you something? Revival is for the church. An awakening is for those outside the church. But revival and awakening always work together. They always come in unison. So when I say, God, rend the heavens and come down, let the nations shake, and let the mountains tremble at your presence. God, I'm saying, bring revival to your church and bring an awakening to the world. There's a cycle here. You hear it, you receive it, you grow, and you go. And you do that until Jesus comes again. And he's coming for his church. For in John 14 and 3, it says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, how many of you know he went? (laughs) He ascended into heaven. The Bible says the disciples stood there, 500 people just looking up. He said, well, how do you know their mouths were open? you ever seen anybody just go straight up in the air? And the Bible says "And an angel said, oh, men of Galilee, why are you looking up this way? Why are you staring like you are? He said, this same Jesus that you've seen will return in like manner. Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. I will come back. Say, I will come back. I will come back to take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Where is Jesus right now? He's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's preparing a place for you, and he's getting ready to come back for his church. It kind of reminds me of an old chorus, and I know... Most of the people in here won't remember it. Brother Bobby Dawson probably remember that little chorus. This is, I'm coming back. (laughs) He says, I'm coming back. He said he would. He's coming back again. Oh, glory to his name. He's coming back again. He's coming back. He said he would. He's coming back again. Oh, glory. He's coming back again. Man, I'm telling you, he's coming back. I haven't thought of that chorus in 40 years. I didn't sing it real good, but you get the gist of it. He's coming back. But here's the thing. Until he comes, the mission must go on. Say that with me. Until Jesus Christ returns, the mission must go on. If I had to emphasize anything, it'd be must, it must, it must go on. We will not be silent. We must not be silent. I don't care what powers there are at work. I don't care what government agency says or what mandate says or anybody's signature or any court ruling. They will not silence me from proclaiming the good news of who Jesus Christ is and the offer that he brings. They can put a target on my back. They can and let that target be a cross because it's the cross of Jesus Christ that changes. Changes people's lives that delivers them from the bondages of sin and iniquity it restores it reconciles it's the cross and it's Jesus that's the mission of the church the church has lost its way and we're pushing this and we're talking about this and we're emphasizing this it's Jesus I hear a lot of talk a lot of times I talk a lot about revival But can I tell you, revival cannot take place without Jesus. He is the focus. If we pursue him, when we find him, you'll find revival. When you find Jesus, you'll see lives being changed. When you go after Jesus. So many people are going, let's pursue revival. Pursue revival. Let me give you a hint. Go get Jesus. Go get a hold of Jesus. Go find Jesus. Grab a hold of his garment. Go, I'm not letting go. I'm, I don't care if the crowd is there. I'm going to push my way through. I'm getting a hold of the tassel of his garment. I don't care if the Pharisees of the church say, that don't look good. It's not respectable. Get out of the way. Son, if I see Jesus, you better get out of the way because you're going to get run over. I'm going after God. Years ago, Brother Tommy Tenney wrote an incredible book that powerfully impacted my life called The God Chasers. And if I I thought about this, I said, there ought to be a sequel to that, The God Chasers 2. Because there's a new generation of people who need to understand that we're going after God. It's not that God's running away. He's going this direction. And if you're not going that direction, you're not going to find Him. You're not going to meet Him. But I believe that there are people today who are empowered by a hunger from on high who are saying, God, show me, show me the direction where you are. I want more and more of Jesus. I've told this story when I was a teenage kid. After I came to Christ, after years of being raised in a religion that preached about a dead Jesus, I was so hungry for more. And every, week, every Bible study I went to, every place I could find, I'd say, I want more. And they said, well, if you have Jesus, you have all. I said, but there's got to be more because I'm sensing a hunger for more. And God would be a cruel God if, if, he, if he created a hunger for something I couldn't have. And I remember from February 28 to November of that year, Thanksgiving weekend, I went to a home Bible study meeting in California and there was an individual there. He was talking about the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. I said, what is this you're talking about? He says, it's more. And all I heard was, it's more. He was saying more of Jesus, more of God, more of, I said, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it. I said, and and, and God came and filled me in such a way. Listen, my friends. We cannot. We must not be silent. They used to say. They used to have a saying back in the hippie days. (laughs) They and, and they used to say, "Keep the faith, baby." Unfortunately, the church has held on to that slogan. But I want to tell you something. Don't keep it. Give it away. We're holding on to it. Me, my four, and no more. Enclosed behind the four walls of our little building, singing about in the sweet by and by. Well, what about those who are living in the nasty now and now? They need the light that's in the darkness. They need the light that is in you. They need the hope that is within you. They need to know Jesus. Jesus, people are dying without it. And you have the opportunity to tell them the life-changing story of Jesus Christ. Not only do you have the opportunity, and I close with this statement, you have the responsibility to tell them the story. You will stand before God, even as a Christian, you will stand before God and give an account of your word, account of your life, account of everything that you've done since you've come to know Christ. You say, well, I'm saved, I'm born again by the Spirit, but you will give an account. And how many times did you not share The greatest message on earth. The greatest gift that anyone could receive. The greatest thing that could change their life. Who have you passed by and you've not shared it with? Who have you passed by and and, and said, I'm afraid to do it? I'm afraid. Why? Because God has said, whosoever believes will receive it. It's God's guarantee, but you've got to tell them. That is the mission. Now, in a few moments, we're getting ready to celebrate in water baptism those who have received the message of the gospel of Christ and going to outwardly proclaim it. But I don't know everybody here. I don't know where you stand with God, so I'm going to ask you for just a moment, would you bow your heads where you are? I don't want to ask you this question right now. If you were to pass into eternity right in this moment, and don't say it can't happen, I've been in church services where a person on the front row just suddenly died. Cannot change you that tell you that changes the whole atmosphere. But if you were to pass into heaven right now, and you will go to heaven, the Bible says you'll stand before God and give an account. Those who are in Christ will go to heaven immediately. Those who are not will stay in the ground until that second, that trumpet sounds for the second resurrection. And it's called the resurrection and the judgment of the dead. Are you right with god is christ his salvation that applied to your life have you received the free gift would you be more excited about free pizza for life or would you have you received the gift that says eternal life for now and forever and if you say pastor bob i'm not ready i'm not right with god The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to pay the price because the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. After three days, God raised him from the dead and today he is ascended on high and is even praying for you. If the Bible says you believe that in your heart, if you will outwardly confess that and say it to be so, you shall be saved. We're saved from what? Saved from judgment. Saved from eternal damnation. Saved from the fires of hell. Saved from it and have a new walk. And in the minute you do that, you now have purpose. You now have a mission. Your mission is to take the message, to take the gift that you've received and tell someone else about it. If there's anyone here today and you would say, Pastor Bob, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I'm ready to receive Him into my heart. Would you pray with me? I want you to be bold enough and raise your hand up high and say, I want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, young man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else, you're ready. Today's the day. Today's the day. Come on now. Some of you, you can look back and remember and see how your life has been spared and, and realize that you're only alive by the grace of God. Who else is going to raise their hand this morning and say, I'm ready to receive Jesus Christ into my life. I'm ready to surrender everything. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Who else? That's three. Come on. Anyone else? This isn't an auction. I'm not going to go on forever trying to coach you into raising your hand. I just want to know, are you ready for a change? I could tell you where I was when Christ came into my life. I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know the first verse in the Bible. I didn't know anything, but I know where I was when I said, God, I'm tired of being a phony. I'm tired of living like this. If you could do anything with me, I am yours. And he came and 51 years later, he's still in my life. Anyone else? We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. Now you've been sitting a while, if you can stand, why don't we all stand together and we're gonna pray because then we're gonna sit down for just a few minutes and celebrate this water baptismal service. If you raised your hand, maybe you didn't and you should've, I want you to pray with me right now. There's nothing magical about the words or the arrangement of it or anything. But the Bible says in the minute you acknowledge it and verbally profess it, you're surrendering your life. You're, You're taking yourself off the throne, off the control tab of your life and you're letting Jesus come in and he's gonna take the driver's seat. I don't want anybody to think that this is some kind of religious thing that's going on here. This is a spiritual moment. It's an eternity moment. Eternity moment. If that was you that raised your hand or should have, I want you to pray with me right now. Dear God in heaven, I acknowledge this day that I am a sinner far from you. Your standard is too high for me to reach. So you gave your son to die on the cross in my place. Dear Jesus, I confess with my mouth, you are the son of God. This day, I surrender my life to you. Come into my heart and take control. In your name, I pray amen now holy spirit i pray for these people pray right now they're not even aware of what's happening in this very moment the deed where they had a place in the kingdom of darkness has been torn up and erased and suddenly a deed has been written out stamped with your blood in the kingdom of your eternal son jesus christ holy spirit let them know their sins are forgiven Their past is forgiven, it is washed away, not covered up, washed away completely by the shed blood of Christ upon the cross. This day is a new day from this point on and we rejoice with heaven because the Bible says angels are rejoicing around the throne. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! can I tell you the mission's going on I said the mission is going on I want you to look to your neighbors and say the mission is going on right now yes. come on hallelujah praise God you can be seated hallelujah
10: So this is an exciting moment for me. Um, I get to baptize a really good friend, one of my best friends, and I get to baptize my cousin. I'm just so thankful for everything that God's doing in our church. Amen. Amen. So this little dude right here is my friend Seth, uh, <laughs> nah, he's been a very intricate part in my walk with Christ for uh, all these years that we've been friends and <clears throat> I just want to keep it short, Seth it's an honor to be able to baptize you today, um, do you have anything you want to say this time and what does the Lord mean to you?
9: Everything.
11: We'll shout to the whole world, is it. We'll sing to the whole world knows. King Jesus, he is faithful. He is the blessed hope. We'll shout to the whole world, is it. We'll sing to the whole world knows. King Jesus, he is faithful. He is the blessed hope.
10: It's just keeping me alive amen <clears throat> so hold on you're not getting to that easy <clears throat> so for many of you that don't know this journey to this point right here started over four years ago whenever my cousin who was addicted to drugs found a bible at the bottom of a dvd bin with a name on a bible that he wouldn't even know who this person was and ended up at the same church this Pastor Tiger, whose name is on the Bible. So if you're here today, God will meet you where you're at. He says to come as you are. You don't have to be perfect. Just come as you are. And I want you to know, this is a genuine conversion to Christ right here. This man right here. It's a...
11: I'm free.
10: It is. So put <laughs> something like regular nah, now, I'll probably cry like a baby big. So, so oh, what does the Lord mean to you? Everything.
12: church that Jesus is faithful what you're about to see I've been plowing the the field of this man's heart for over 10 years and the reason is because when I gave my life to Jesus he was one of the first people on my list this is a man that was my childhood friend from a young age we were best friends we were tied in a white on rice I'm telling you we, we and I led him into addiction and now, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, he's been led into the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just want to say, there's kingdom multipl- multiplication going on because just a moment ago, when Pastor Bob asked if anybody would receive salvation, my aunt, his mother, raised her hand. So immediately, there's truth.
3: I'm so free, I'm so ready. I love y'all, and I'm glad y'all could be here to experience this week.
12: most genuine uh transformations that i've seen and i didn't know i was going to be able to baptize them this morning but there's no accidents in the kingdom uh, man it's an honor bro
11: mission is starting now that's all i can say
13: His name is Bibi, right? He is a very, very special kid, and what an honor it is for me to be able to be the one to baptize him today. I can't tell you what this means. This young man, he's a joy to have on our ministry team. His heart for compassion for others, there's not many like him. There's not many like him. I had the privilege. Of walking with him on the streets of Atlanta and literally had to pull him back from homeless because he wanted to reach every single one. That's his heart for those that are hurting and I've watched him grow in his walk with the Lord and it's been a wonderful experience and so I'm privileged to get to baptize him today but I want to give him the chance. John Parker, would you like to say something?
8: It has, it really has been an amazing journey from first coming here, seeing Austin, seeing Miss Tracy and being where I am now, going on trips, seeing people, it's really all not just in my strength, but my pastors and my gods. And one thing I do remind myself is I I use this little thing. It's called the 3-2-1. And you know how like sometimes you hesitate to do something like oh should I should I do this? Should I do that? No. I say 3-2-1 and if I don't go, I don't go. So I use that for a lot of my experience. And it's just, really has been an amazing journey with Miss Tracy because without her, I this, I would just never be here. I would never be the spiritual strength and the mental strength I am at right now. So I just want to thank Miss Tracy and the ministry team for just guiding me through and taking me shelter.
10: before Pastor Tracy baptized Eli. I just want to let you know the little girl that was just baptized is actually my little cousin. That's my cousin Bo's daughter. So can we give him some praise already? Bo has decided to follow the Lord and his family is following. So I just want to give God some praise in that.
13: All right, this is my friend Eli. Eli has been a very quiet young man, but don't be confused by those that are quiet because they're listening and they're learning. And this year I would say he has grown so much in the Lord. Um, I actually remember the specific time this year when he was touched by God at the altar. And um, so when he made the decision today to come and to be baptized in front of everyone, I knew it was such a big deal. And so I'm so honored that I get to be the one to um, to do this. And so he loves Jesus, I promise. (laughs)
2: is going to reach the next generation. Doesn't that get you excited? Hey, why don't we give it one more round of applause and celebrate what God has done today. So at this time, we're going to transition outside. All of you are invited to join us. We're going to have some barbecue burgers, a time of fellowship. So I'm going to pray over that time so you're not waiting for the minister to bless the meal the food is pre-blessed it's ready to enjoy why don't we pray father we just bless this time lord we bless these people god we just thank you for what you're doing here we thank you that you're active in the world you're changing hearts you're changing minds god and we pray that you bless this food and let it be nourishment to our body in jesus name amen